0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Voice Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 3, Episode 82. As an already... Wild summer in the world of NHL free agency continues as uh, Matthew Kachuk stunningly traded from the Calgary Flames to the Florida Panthers for uh, an absolute haul. And we'll get to the details of that in a second. Hey, everyone, it's Andy coming to you from my uh, office slash guest room on a lovely Saturday. The heat wave in New York City is still on still sweating absolute bullets once again i apologize if you can hear the whir of my air conditioning unit in the background but uh yeah unfortunately fidelity is not as important to me as not absolutely uh losing all the moisture in my body as i record this podcast in this small room uh, surrounded by windows just getting hotter by the moment but uh, hopefully this upcoming week As you listen to this on Monday morning, um, I do think it's going to drop under 90 for uh, two days. So that's nice comparatively. It'll feel like fall compared to what we've been going through. But as hot as it is outside, it might be even hotter in terms of NHL free agency this season. It's been absolutely insane. Uh, Before we continue, I am solo today. James had a family commitment today. Uh, That was very important. And... We obviously miss him because him and I were definitely texting our thoughts on the uh, Kachuk trade and just the, like I said, uh, the package that Calgary was able to get back from Florida. And I guess we should just go right into it. I mean, so obviously to backtrack a little bit, Johnny Goudreau gets traded from Calgary or excuse me, he doesn't get traded, but he's a free agent. Um, He goes to Columbus as we talked about for the last uh, two podcasts and You know, uh, as his line mate, I'm sure Matthew Kachuk, a 100-point winger, who I think it's been a pretty not-so-well-kept secret that eventually he had his sights on becoming a member of the St. Louis Blues like his father, that it would be a dream for him to play there. Uh, He does them the favor and says, look, I'm not going to resign here. I mean, as much as it sucks to hear as the, the GM of the Calgary Flames and their fans for them to hear that. He's like, you know, I'm not going to resign. So get what you can for me. So honestly, he does the opposite of what say John Tavares and Johnny Gaudreau did, and actually gave them a chance to say, you know, you're you don't so you don't lose me for nothing. Get me out there now. Get a good package or whatever. And they do that. And uh, it was kind of hush hush, but there was talks like it could rumors it could come up uh, within the week. And I was like, I'll believe you know see that when I believe it, or excuse me, believe when I see it. Excuse me, mush mouth. <laughs> anyway. And lo and behold, on Friday night, uh, you know, I and pretty late, like, what was it 10 o'clock already? Uh, he gets traded to Florida, and that shocked a lot of people. I mean, he did, there was a list floating around, and Florida, apparently, places he would like to go, and Florida was on it, but then there was, it got shot down by some NHL insiders, so it was kind of hard to know what, um, what was true or not, but, uh, yeah, he gets traded to Florida, for a first-round pick, Cole Schwint, who is a prospect. Mackenzie Weger who's probably one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. I don't know why Florida traded him in this, but we'll get to that. And Jonathan Huberdeau. That's right, Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, also a 100-point winger, who was just in Hart Trophy consideration this season. Uh, so, obviously, it's easy to see why they they chose to trade him to florida because that's a hard to beat package um there are some extenuating circumstances that we're going to talk about in a, in a minute here or so and i do want to talk to james about because him and i uh we kind of disagreed on whether or not this was a good trade for uh you know he thinks i think obviously calgary made out excellent considering they had little to no leverage and they got such a big package but because of some extenuating circumstances, James was not so convinced. And again, we'll talk about that, but I mean, just in a vacuum, I think that is a very hard package to compete with. And I think a lot of teams, when they saw the sticker price on that would be like, Whoa, to put it, uh, in comparison to what a package, the Rangers might have to offer to either just match or beat, uh, what the, the Florida Panthers offered A first round pick, uh, Cole Schwint was, I believe he was drafted in the third round in 2019, which was a Capo draft. So, um, so, and he's a center. So, I don't know, maybe like a Carl Henriksen type prospect, right? So, right now, you're like, okay, not so bad. I do think Schwint ultimately is a, still a little bit better prospect than uh, Henriksen, even though Henriksen was taken in the, towards the tail end of the second, and he was in the third. Um, as a Mackenzie Weeger comparison, obviously, he's not Adam Fox, but he is so good. He was one of the best... Uh, transition shutdown defenseman in the NHL this year. I mean, it would be around a, a Keandre Miller type. So imagine offering a first round pick, Carl Henderson, uh, Keandre Miller, and then as a Huberdo comparable, you have Panarin, who was also a 100 point winger around the same age. I think Panarin's a little bit older. So that's a big package for Matthew Kachuk. Uh, would you offer Panarin and Keandre for Matthew Kachuk and a first round pick uh, and a prospect? On, even though maybe the prospect's easier to part with than the other pieces, but yeah, that's a lot. And again, that's a huge, huge package. Obviously, Matthew Kachuk is a unicorn type player in that he is offensively talented, he's defensively responsible, but he also has all those intangibles that everyone loves. He's you know gets his nose in uh, the areas that of the game that other players won't, he likes to get under opponent skin. He's got some pests to his game, he, you know, the mental warfare and all that, and just gritty and tough. And he'll answer the bell if possible. So obviously he's got everything on paper and he's young, you know, a 20, you know, in his early twenties, hundred point winger with grit and intangibles. I mean, this is the, probably the biggest trade in the NHL in a very, very, very long time. I'm trying to, when was the last time 200-point wingers were traded for each other? Uh, I I can't remember, so and I don't have any hard data offhand, so. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, it was shocking. Um, it'll be interesting to hear what comes out in the following days in terms of maybe just tying up loose ends where we find out, oh, this team. I We have heard that Carolina was heavy in on Kachuk, but, again, they weren't going to beat that package. They don't even have a 100-point winger on their team, so. Um, so yeah, I mean, it it was, was interesting to see if St. Louis, how, if they were heavy in on him or if they were just like, you know what, now we're just going to see if we can sign him here whenever he's a a free agent down the road. He does sign, um, an extension. It's the first legitimate sign and trade in, uh, NHL history, apparently, um, you know, Kachuk and his camp through both, both parties negotiated with Calgary, Calgary signs him, re-signs him to a uh eight-year, nine and a half million dollar deal, and then he gets traded. Whereas usually they say they're signed in trades, but the technically it gets done with the team he's going to. You know what I mean? Even though they just negotiated at the time, so uh yeah. But listen, Brad Tree Living had very little, a tough week for him. But that considering you're losing uh Johnny Gaudreau through no fault of your own, really. For nothing, they chose to go for it. Maybe you could have made a hard decision and, and trade him. But if they had traded him before the season, there they might not be in the. Wouldn't have went as far as they went this year. Although I guess you argue if you you, you didn't get the job done, then what's the, what was the point anyway? But um, yeah, I my if I personally, I'm not speaking for James. He's got his own feelings that I think in a vacuum they did very well for themselves. Um, the problem is there. You have to wonder. Jonathan his is eventually going to need a new deal. Um, Would he resign with Calgary? Is he happy about this trade? Is he going to then eventually force out, which would then force them to have to go through this again and flip him, let's say, at the deadline for assets or to another team? Will they be able to get the same value? So that's an added wrinkle to this whole thing. But, you know, he's a guy who's got a lot of value, obviously. Um, and if he shows that he despite maybe not it being in a different scenery and having different line mates and obviously Johnny Udrow is not going to be there now so you know he's going to probably play alongside of Elias Lindholm can can he still produce some big numbers and you know will his uh value stay high so that's obviously the the caveat to this whole thing uh but if he can obviously then you know Calgary can then eventually flip him and get a haul for him as a rental um, or whatever if it becomes a sign-and-trade or just whatever because players, offensive wingers of that caliber being traded is very rare, although now it seems we're seeing more. Just This offseason alone has taught us that, or at least shown us, that the NHL is moving to become more like the NBA and that players want to be moved more often. There's a little bit less loyalty to the teams that drafted them. They're not so content to just stay put, and yeah, they want to go where they want to go. They have, and they have the power as negotiated by the CBA and in their contracts. Um, but yeah, I mean, you still see with Ryan McDonough, Tampa. I'm sure he didn't want to leave, but Tampa was able to get him to uh, agree to be moved. So it just kind of shows that you know, listen, uh, GMs still, <laughs> you know, it's GMs and players have to look out for themselves and just. They are can they are like I said. There's a CBA for reason, and there's contracts for reason. So, yeah, you you negotiate as much as you can get to give yourself flexibility to do what you want to do down the road, and that's the way it works. It's a you know mutually beneficial partnership, I guess. But you know, the second you think your team's gonna be loyal to you, as, as maybe Jonathan Huber not did not expect to be moved on this summer, but here we are. So, um. But yeah, listen, I think Brad ter living all things considered did a great job uh to uh, tough start to his week with Johnny Goudreau leaving, but he rebounded nicely, so and uh it'll be interesting to see if there's any more dominoes. Nazem Kadri still has not been traded. Uh, so, who knows, maybe he ends up with with the Islanders and you know him and Lou had a handshake a while ago. Um, you know, he would have to be clean-shaven though. And you know, I know some guys in the NHL they love having their beards, so maybe that would prevent him from signing on the island i'm not sure or maybe maybe he's lose the one guy he he gives the uh the pass to but i'm not so sure in new york rangers adjacent news uh former head coach david quinn has been hired by the san jose sharks to be their next head coach the sharks have recently hired mike greer who had was serving as an assistant general manager to Chris Drury as their new general manager, um, Chris and Mike, they go back to BU, where, as you all know, David Quinn also has ties to uh, BU as he was a head coach there and assistant coach for a long time and a former alumnus. So I'm not sure all their timelines were the same, but they're all linked to that uh, organization. So... Yeah, David Quinn back in the NHL in a head coaching position. Um, after being let go from the Rangers uh, last summer, he had served as the head coach for Team USA at the World Championships. Uh, they did not win. I don't think they medaled even. but um, Or maybe they did. I don't know. I don't really watch this World Championship. But, uh, yeah, if you canvass most Rangers fans, I would say most of them, were not happy with the job David Quinn had did while he was here, had did had done while he was uh, the head coach of the Rangers. Um, he was ostensibly brought in to coach a team that was rebuilding and had a long, lot of young players. Um, a lot of those young players, unfortunately, did not break out with him there. Kapo Kako and Alexi Lafreniere struggled in their uh, second and first season, respectively. Uh, And the team, some people had felt they had underachieved. And then obviously there was the whole Tom Wilson Panarin incident. And so, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of people that felt that, that. And also, subsequently, there was a lot of rumors that he was a micromanager. Obviously, the kids struggled with their confidence because of it, being afraid of benchings if they didn't do the right thing. And he had rules like you can't dump pucks or you can only dump pucks and you, you know, stick handling on breakaways and all this other nonsense, just not letting them play their games and being afraid that if they had stepped out of line, it was going to result in them getting a line demotion or a benching or reduced ice time, which hurts. Right. And then obviously the, even there was some micromanaging, um, going on with the vets. That was the rumor. Apparently Ryan Strom, I think had, had alluded to it in that, you know, the, the players didn't really like it. You know, they're like, we're not college players. We're the best players in the world. This is the National Hockey League. Uh, Do not coach us like we we are some of your students you had and recruits at BU. (laughs) The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Do I think coaches can learn from failed stints? I do. Do I think David Quinn will learn and it will be different? Unknown. Uh, You would have to hope he had taken some of the criticism to heart or he at least understands maybe some of the reasons he got fired. I mean, you can argue at the end of the day that with the team he had on paper at and their relative age level, maybe he didn't overachieve, but he he didn't underachieve either. And he just kind of, he, he, it was what it was and probably what it should have been based on the youth of the team and the inexperience and stuff. But, uh, Yeah, I, I personally, just from a development standpoint, what you can maybe, and maybe obviously Adam, Adam Fox won the, the, you know, the, uh, the Norris trophy under his tenure Panarin was a Hart trophy finalist under, uh, Quinn's, you know, as head coach. So yeah, I guess you could argue there were players that did have success with him as bench boss, but yeah, I just ultimately, I think most Ranger fans, or at least a lion's share of them, would feel um, that it just he didn't achieve what he was brought in to do. And then once a tr- traditional players coach in Gerard Gallant was brought in, not that the young some of the young guys haven't really broken out yet, but they started showing signs of maybe progression. And it's hard to know is that just them getting older, or is it just you know, but. Just overall, clearly, with the team success they had this year and the different vibes, you say it's you can say it's maybe roster construction and the, the house cleaning they did, and Chris Drury really making his stamp and just, but yeah, just I think it's shown that Gallant clearly has a better handle on the aspect that thus far David Quinn has uh, shown to struggle with, and that just getting your players to be comfortable and. To try to play their games and if ever there was a point where he felt like a younger player needed to see the press box it was only for one game really and then they try to get him back in and listen every coach makes crazy line of decisions we don't really agree with or they favor a player that the uh the rest of the fan base doesn't really understand the affinity for but that's literally every coach in the nhl but david quinn clearly there was a lot going on there with just young players just not getting given the confidence to learn how to round out their games and, and test their offensive limits, you know, and just do things that were different. I mean, Elias Anderson, not that he really panned out into anything special because he hasn't even in L.A., but just there was a lot of talk about just body language and, and effort and, uh yeah, like always things like keeping your feet moving and then you would see players like Brett Howden get so much uh, opportunity because they would run around like a chick with their head cut off, not accomplishing much. And if a player liked to kind of stop and survey and be a little bit more patient, uh, that was a big no, no for David Quinn. So I guess, will he make these same mistakes in San Jose? I'm not so sure. they are a team that's clearly going to be, trying to rebuild and retool. Uh, they, you know, there's already have a big cleaning house. They've traded Brent Burns to the Carolina hurricanes. Uh, it looks like they are really trying to just change the culture of that organization. We'll see what happens with players like Eric Carlson. Um, is Logan Couture long for there? Is He going to ask for a, a trade eventually down the line. I'm not so sure. I, who knows, you know, um, But, you know, does this now make players like Tomasz Hurdle available eventually uh, and Timo Meyer? It's hard to know. But, uh, yeah, I guess we we shall see. He could end up coaching a team kind of in a similar position that the Rangers were in, that they are some, you know, premier players there, like I said, in uh, Couture and Tomasz Hurdle and Timo Meyer. But they then they're gonna be filled out with a lot of younger players. So yeah, I guess we'll see if he learned his lesson. But I will say by all accounts, a lot of people, um, uh, including Larry Brooks of the New York Post, have really gone to bat as Quinn as a person and say he's like genuinely a good you know, good good person, good guy. You know, even if it doesn't go well, it's not nothing's malicious. He doesn't have an ego really to speak of. So yeah, uh, but again, results based business and you have a job to do and you have to execute. So we'll see if David Quinn has a, has a better, you know, go of it the second time around. So, all right. So I guess I'm going to keep this one short because most of early, I want to talk about everything that's been going on with James, but the New York Rangers have still not signed Capo Caco to any sort of deal. Uh, I guess again, you have Rangers beat writers kind of just inferring that no news is good news. Uh, they're still confident they can get an extension done with Kako. It's clearly a bridge. I would imagine Chris Drury is trying to shed some salary somewhere in some sort of deal. Who knows what player will be going the other way or how they're going to do that. Um, or if they are just are they just being patient and just taking the time instead of trying to force Kako's camp into a number that creates even more division with the player and the team. Uh Tyler Mott still not resigned. He hasn't signed elsewhere. So I have two theories. One, Chris Drury is also looking for the cap space to resign Tyler Mott, and they have already agreed upon he just has to find a way again to shore up the salary, uh or, you know, shed salary somewhere. And they have an agreement that he will bring him on as that. Uh, and my other one is that Tyler Mott has already already re-signed with Lou Lamorello, but he again does that thing I always that drives me crazy and that he only puts it in towards the, you know, the begin close to the beginning of the season because I don't know. It doesn't serve at whatever purpose, you know, it's just how he likes to do it. So whatever. So yeah. So Tyler Mott, I think he stays in New York, but I just not guaranteed it'll be here. Vitaly Kraftsoff her, his agent, has come to the U.S. early in preparation for New York Rangers training camp. He's going to spend the summer here working out um, and just making sure he's ready to uh, get off on the foot that he wasn't able to the prior two seasons here in New York. Um, if you look on his social media, it looks like he was staying with and Slash or hanging out with Washington Capital Center Evgeny Kuznetsov, who I believe is also from uh I don't know if they're from the same hometown, but Kuznetsov played for uh, Tractor in the KHL where Krasov eventually played. And then I think he was definitely a big inspiration for him in doing so. And they have a very similar fluid skating style. So I guess there was some, uh, a little bit of uh, emulation on Krasov's part, but yeah, he's here. Um, And once again, the New York Rangers and Vitaly Krasov are going to give it a go this upcoming season I guess the question a lot of people have, because it seemed like this was over, <laughs> the relationship had was permanently fractured. And especially where Chris Drury was in charge of Hartford at the time. And was the one really dealing the most with Crafts office is now the Rangers head general manager uh, and team president. What changed? We do know per Arthur staple um, of the athletic that Kraftsov and his agent Dan Milstein were allowed by the team to talk to other teams to try to arrange a trade. Nothing really ever came to fruition, um, but it's a new season, and Kraftsov wants to play in the NHL. Uh, it just so happens the New York Rangers are cap crunch, so they need all the cheap production they can get, and Kraftsov signed a one-year, one-way, $875 million deal with the team so he's gonna have the the chance to show up to training camp hopefully make the team because if he doesn't and they want to send him to hartford he is on waivers and he can get picked up by any team in the league so it wouldn't really be beneficial for them to do that unless they're like you know what he just looks like crap and we we just don't see it whatever but, yeah, then Kravtsov would get what he would want. He would go to a new team where he would have opportunity. But now he has the opportunity to make the New York Rangers, most likely starting on the third line, and potentially, who knows, maybe could end up with And If if he think, if he's as ready as he, I'm sure he would hopefully believe, and the team maybe secretly believes as much as they maybe would not want to admit it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like a win-win for the team and the player. They're like, look, this has been a fractured relationship up to now, but... You're going to have opportunity. We will give you what you want because if you don't make the team, you get put on waivers. You're going to get it picked up by probably any other team that's looking for cheap production or a rebuilding team, or hell, even a good team if they need if they're up against cap crunch. So it's a or you stay with the big club and we're a team that went to the uh, Eastern Conference Final last year and we could be a winning team and you could be a part of this core moving forward potentially. So we shall see. Um, obviously, as they go to the, get close to the trade deadline, if Kravtsov is able to rebound some of his value of being a first, you know, ninth overall pick, first round pick, uh, the Rangers may still then use the his rebounded value and trade him in a package for a player at the trade deadline. Who knows, Patrick Kane, JT Miller, wh- whoever they decide to set their sights on right so uh then craftsoff would still continue his NHL career um I guess it's hard to know if in maybe much like uh a player like Tomash Hurdle who eventually requested a trade but then rescinded it or um Jake debrusk in Boston who did the exact same thing yeah these uh relationships can be repaired if things go in a way that's mutually beneficial I mean it's not like New York is not a desirable place for a, a young player like Kraftsoff to play. We do know that he's pretty tight with Keandre Miller from their times that they trained together. And um, yeah, he's had experience uh, with some of the other young guys. And in a lot of ways, you could see that Kako has also had a very hard time getting the full unadulterated trust of Gerard Gallant. So who knows? Maybe there's a way in which Kraftsoff, separates himself from uh, the pack of Lafreniere and Kako, or maybe just, you know, if only Lafreniere and Kravtsov come out of their shells, maybe Kako Kako is the one who's on the way out and Kraftsov ends up playing on the right side, uh, an area where the Rangers seem to be pretty weak right now with, uh, with uh, yeah, with Panarin as a centerman or excuse me, Panarin as his other winger and Trocek if that's the route the Rangers want to go. So yeah, there is potential there for Kraftsoff to establish himself because, I mean, you could go tr- get traded to a rebuilding team or you could say, I have a chance to play a season with Artemi Panarin on my opposite wing. I could put up a boatload of points and whether I get traded or not, eventually, uh, I will have that body of work for, to negotiate whatever my next deal is. And I say, listen, I am capable of doing this. And I want to be paid as such. So if you want to make some money, this is not the worst thing in the world for a player of Vitaly Kraftsoff. So it's one of those mutually beneficial things for the player and the team. And obviously, listen, you, I, I hope this works out. The Rangers went through the rebuilding years um, with all those high first round picks, but uh, you could argue it's been hard for any of them to really separate themselves into that, you know, upper elite tier yet, you know, I mean, they're on, some of them are on their way. I mean, you see Keandre, the way he played in the playoffs and, and Lexi Lafreniere and they're all still very young, but you know, but, uh, Philip Heedle, it's taken him a long time and he's still, his ceiling might be a good second line center and he's still, you could argue he maybe hasn't even established himself as that. So, and yeah, I mentioned, Leah Sanderson is already gone and Nils Lundqvist most likely gets traded as the odd man out. If, uh, you know, with if the Rangers feel like Schneider and Zach Jones as a pairing is more of their what they want to go for. So, yeah, I mean, the Rangers need for a for their salary cap implications. They need. All these first round picks to pan out or else what was it all for right bottoming out. So uh, but yeah, this is, again, a situation that could be mutually beneficial. So I assume he's going to be training with uh, Prentice and Chris Kreider and all those guys in Connecticut. Hopefully that should erase any of the front office's issues with conditionings and this or that, because you know that all the guys at least uh, trained there in Connecticut, it's uh, sanctioned and approved by the New York Rangers and Chris Kreider's watchful eye. And you can say, yeah, this kid's putting in the work and this and that, and yada, 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 and everyone's happy and feels like it's being taken as seriously as the way it is. but. Uh listen, I remember there was years ago before, you know, when he was a rookie, there was a lot of uh, issues with Pavel Buchnevich's conditioning and his strength and training regimen as a young player. So listen, and who knows how accurate it, it all is or if it was just old hockey man bullshit, but it was 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 what it was. Uh Kraftsoff clearly has a lot of talent. It's just whether it was <laughs> egos and timing and uh whatever nonsense that got in the way of the relationship, there is a chance for it to be salvaged. And if you would ask me this and James, I can probably speak for him at the height of this, you know, after two seasons of running back to the KHL uh, and demanding a trade request, the fact that this might actually, it might be a salvageable situation. I wouldn't have believed you, but here we are. And it's funny how sometimes when, you know, Uh, both parties need each other. A lot of things can be overlooked and overcome. So obviously I hope it works out for all parties involved because I think Kravtsov is very skilled and I think he can develop into a player the Rangers need. And I think the fact that he is such a fluid skater can help their overall team speed and transition his ability to, you know, it's not like he's a burner or anything, but he is so fluid on his edges. He can transition and very quickly uh, he's got excellent lateral mobility, so hopefully he can help them gain the zone more off the rush. And just he's, yeah, he's got really good hockey sense and, and talent, and he's a good playmaker. And he's got a really tricky, weird release that's actually kind of deadly if you give him, uh, you know, and he can fool goaltenders. You see he's it's his first disallowed goal in the NHL, he's, he scores a lot on the breakaways on these little, like, Uh, he just kind of goes in, doesn't move his arms. And then he just kind of does like this uh, almost like a half movement and he just kind of snaps it, but in a way you don't know, he's going to shoot it. And it really fools a lot of goaltenders in the KHL. We saw him score a goal, his first disallowed goal in the NHL that way. So, uh, yeah, I hope it works out because I'm obviously a big fan of Vitaly Kravtsov and I just think it would feel good to say, Hey, you know what? We drafted him at this position and he, he panned out the way the team had hoped. So that's what I'm hoping for. Well, we're officially at a half an hour, so that's going to do it for this one. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, hopefully, we have some more Rangers-related hard news uh, by the time our next episode drops on Thursday. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We really appreciate it. If you have anything you want addressed in the pod, any questions, as always, you can tweet us at Broadway Boys Pod on Twitter, like I mentioned earlier. And uh, yeah, hopefully it continues to stay hot on the off-season free agency market and it cools down outside because again, uh, I am absolutely soaking in sweat.